Amen. Amen. So the Lord uh, told me to instruct you to tell the devil that his lease is up. Amen. Your lease is up, Satan. Yeah. Tell the devil your lease is up. Yeah. Tell him. Thank you. Amen. Be obedient. Your lease is up, devil. Amen. Praise God. Everybody make your declaration. Amen. Come on, let's do it. Be obedient. Amen. Amen. And and always take something from your when you spend time with God, you're supposed to take something. The disciples ate and took leftovers besides, remember? So we're to eat and take something with us. So praise God. So um we need to understand the the foundation for our authority in Christ. We really do, because I think many times we are trying to do things and operations in the spirit without much confidence, without much faith. I think you can do many things out of a habit and a routine, or you can do the best you can, and it falls into the category of a powerless movement because we don't really have a foundation understanding and and uh purpose and stated purpose for which we do certain things so we're going to talk about the foundation for your authority in Christ and foundation for your authority over all the works of darkness not just some the body of Christ has a problem with excluding things from the all category When Jesus said he had all power in heaven and earth given to him and that he gave us all power, amen, and that he spoiled principalities and powers, amen, and they are all under his feet, that really means all. So there aren't big devils and little devils. Well, well, they are to an extent as far as their hierarchy is concerned, but that has nothing to do with us. Amen? We have God's authority over all the devil's works. There's nothing escaping our authority. Where, where we run into trouble, I believe, is mixing flesh and blood with principalities and powers. In other words, you think you're fighting people. You think people are your problem. You think people are your enemy when they're really not. You only have one enemy. And don't ever get it confused. People just do what they do. You can, If they're essential in your life and they have a role in your life, you can petition God to change the hearts of men. The Bible says he does that. He raises some up. He puts some down. But I think the biggest challenge is not for you to see change in people, but to see your faith make a change in you. Because if you're not understanding that if you're dealing with resistant flesh or toughened flesh, there may be a demon entity behind that, controlling that, then you're missing where your power could be effective and you're still wrestling against flesh and blood. You've got the wrong, you're in the wrong arena for your fight. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are mighty to even pulling down of strongholds. 
you know people say well you know my wife won't do this and why do that well she grew up in a family but oh brother here we go again you don't need the history somebody's bad history to reinforce their uh, lack of ability to change or their lack of desire to change Um, don't go into that all you got to know is discern with god what you're dealing with are you dealing with a spiritual force that can loosen its grip on your loved one's mind or are you just dealing with stubborn flesh that god will have to change in due season there's a season of change for everybody and so once you start to hone in on what you're dealing with and you keep your focus on defeating the devil you know work with that that you have permission to work with god has not given us dominion over one another he gives us dominion over the devil if you will work with that and understand and and trust me there's no hopeless case in god you know sometimes we think well they're never going to change it's because they haven't changed and many times they haven't changed because we have not changed our perspective on how to look at the situation so we need to start understanding our authority in christ where it's to be used god is not so interested in you changing your loved ones so you can get what you want out of them it's really not his focus his focus is his kingdom he will bless you and take care of you he won't leave you high and dry once you learn how to trust him in that you'll find that you relax more about the situations that seem to be impossible in your life situations that seem to be immovable in your life you'll kind of relax about those and you'll get an understanding that oh yeah this this is a kingdom this is not just about me i lived that life once already and i resigned from that life you know the me life everything is about me my comfort my security my health my uh happiness uh it's about more than that because there's much more in you than just enough to take care of your own life i mean that's a a given god will take care of you if you trust him he'll take care of your every need but he needs people down here to be concerned about more than just them needs people to be concerned about his kingdom about his glory and his honor down here in the earth so in genesis 3 we see an example how satan used illegal deception to usurp god's authority through man on the earth in verse 1 it said he was more subtle than any beast of the field which god had made and he said to the woman has god said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden now the fact that he was subtle gave him an edge over all the rest of the animals there at one time you see a serpent used to walk on four feet because it calls him cattle here so it put him in the the category of four-legged beasts and so they say if you roll a snake over you can see four little nodules where feet used to be they think those used to be the appendages or legs so there's evidence of truth of god's word everywhere and so it says he he questioned the woman and the woman said to the serpent 
we may eat of the tree of all the trees in the garden but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you shall not eat of it neither shall you touch it lest you die the serpent said to the woman you shall not surely die for god knows that in that day that you eat of it your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods knowing good and evil and when the woman saw the tree looked different to her than it ever did see the worst thing you can do is talk to the devil and look for evidence of what he just told you huh don't we do it your husband don't love you no more and you look for you start looking for evidence of that and then you're sold on the idea or your wife she's never going to submit to you you're going to be stuck in this place forever because she spends everything and she doesn't listen to you and she's taking you downhill pretty soon you understand what i'm saying the worst thing you can do is listen to the voice of deception and start looking for evidence of it that means you have considered it you got me you see the difference with when consider and consider not because when you consider things you hear something said to you about it and you let your mind work on it and make it credible and then you start looking for evidence that that's true the same thing with your symptoms if that's why abraham had strong faith because he totally ignored anything but what god told him he considered not so you can't if you're looking for god to heal you you can't consider that whatever it is is i'll never get off this medicine because this is an incurable disease they already told me there's no cure for what i have or i'll never uh, get these symptoms under control because uh you know there it's going to get worse and i've been told that in three years time it's not going to be any better it's probably going to progress this will progress and keep going you can't consider that as logical as it seems you're not trying to appeal to logic you're appealing to god and so you have to totally ignore this is how i to be honest with you this is how i god helped me to to keep my marriage together and then cause it to get better and prosper the man you guys saw at the conferences all the time would come to the meetings toward the end of his life is not the same person that i was married to initially you understand me people change because you believe god and you don't pay any attention to what they say my husband had asked me for a divorce when we were seven years in marriage i don't want to be married anymore this was a mistake blah 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 blah. and i read in the bible one time and said god the husband loves his wife like christ loves the church after that that was all i believed i wasn't in church i wasn't anywhere i was just in my bible you understand me thank god probably i wasn't in old crazy dead church because most places they tell you god got something better for you oh you're too young to waste your life away what are you waiting on him for i'm waiting for him so the devil don't take his big butt to hell you got it whatever there's more at stake here than just my momentary happiness you're married you know today you're in love tomorrow you're found fault with each other again so let's just be real here and hold on to reality 
but also hold on to God and understand. And I, somehow there were key scriptures that I knew were very important for me and I held on to them and they came to pass. If I wanted to believe what he said and what I thought and what it looked like everything was lining up for, it would be a totally different story. I probably wouldn't even be here. You know, you don't preach when you can easily let people out of commitments because you'll let yourself out of them too. You understand what I'm saying? You don't do anything for God if you don't know how to hold on to a promise or a value made to somebody. Just hold on. Just know the devil's going to come for it. He's going to try to break it. That's just normal for him. He tries to break up everything that God ordains. So you just hold on to what God has given you. And and God will make it up to you in the end. I haven't reached the end yet. So he's still got some making up to do for me. Amen. Oh, Barb, you used most of your young years and your middle years just praying and preaching. What else was I called to do? That was That was called. You got me? I'm called preacher. I'm called prophetess. I'm called whatever, whatever. So that was what I did in response to the call of God. You stay faithful. You don't get stupid. You don't let the devil provoke you. And get you off on the wrong road. You got me? It's not that I didn't come close. (laughs) Teetering on the edge. You know, it's like (laughs) you walk a balance beam every day. You know, like the gymnasts do. You say, (laughs) finally got off the balance beam. Give me my score. You know what I'm saying? Let's move on. But let's not get, get... crazy here you know life is life for all of us we all have challenges but you can stay true to God you can make sure you draw a line that you don't cross like Job said I made a covenant with my eyes I don't look at no other woman you got me that's how he got where he was he quit looking and that's not hard to do because God will certainly help you. The greatest power in the universe is there to help you keep your vow to his word. And so Satan was able to gain a lease on the earth through the man and the woman through deception. So it's illegal. It's always been illegal. Everything he does is illegal because it's based on lies. So he's the father of lies. Even subtle lies he can tell. And that's why we need the discernment of the Holy Ghost to to discern the subtleties of the enemy and how he can slip in and uh, and make small inroads. You know, the devil's pretty patient about some things. He'll keep chipping away at you until he's able to get in your head. And if he can get in your head, he'll cause uh, some kind of agreement to come. Uh, some kind of, of idea that you're doing the right thing, so forth and so on. Because Eve knew that they were created in God's image, but in deception she thought maybe God left something out <laughs> that the devil was aware of. You got me? And so she went to the wrong source for the right reassurance. Hello. You know, stay in the household of faith. 
for your, you know, don't go out and listen to them Oprah people. And, you know, I see Christians all the time on the social media. Uh, so-and-so had this person on their show and it was wonderful. And, yeah, no, 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 no. Now, some of that stuff is okay, but it's it doesn't hold a candle to what God's people can offer you. You need understanding about something. The Bible is full of answers, you know. I was listening to a quote from Ronald Reagan. He said the Bible, he said between the books of the, the pages of the Bible or the covers of the Bible are all the answers to all the problems that mankind will ever face. And he's telling the truth. Amen. And so we don't need to go outside of the household of faith for anything there's enough knowledge, power, and understanding among the people of God for us to get every answer that we will ever need and, and, uh, and in the word of God itself. So you go to the word for your confirmation of what you hear. And you, unless the word is in you, then you know immediately whether you're hearing from God or not. Learn to depend on the inner witness and stay away from deception. Stay away from soulish comfort. Sometimes we just want somebody to listen to us, uh, you know, tell our story. I see that a lot on Facebook now, so-and-so telling their story. And I'm thinking, come on now, your story been going on for about four months. What, are you at the end yet? Come on now. Let me just add to your story, you know, all of this self-importance. You know, it's just it's nonsense. People, God, it can be a snare for us if we're not careful. So um, through deception, he crowned himself prince of this world. That's in John 16. Things like this always trigger a response from heaven because we're not down here defending ourselves. We are here as representatives of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that is the kingdom of God. So, um, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away so Jesus is saying it's better for you if I go to heaven for if I don't go away the comforter won't come so in other words there's a comforter coming to be expedient means to take the most excellent course in a situation so Jesus said my leaving is the most excellent course for me to take in this situation because if I go, I'll send another comforter. In other words, he was their comfort. He was the one they looked to. He was the one that gave them hope and everything while he was here. But he's only one person. He's saying, I can release a greater comforter to dwell in you and be with you at all times. In other words, Peter, when you go home, you don't have to wonder where I am and come looking for me like you always do. None of the disciples had to have that worry anymore because he was sending someone. And he says, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness. In other words, he will validate 
when people are in sin and he will validate when they are righteous so he's a judge and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me of righteousness because i go to the father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged so the prince of this world being satan he's a self-appointed prince he received the power illegally but he still has it why because when the man and woman uh disobeyed god that allowed another spirit to enter into their lives and so because adam had dominion adam was the prince of this world before satan made himself that prince has dominion a prince has lordship a prince has rulership so he took that status from adam and eve and gave it to himself so then that allowed him to come into the hearts of man and to infect them with a substance called iniquity iniquity deals with this temporal world so they were locked out of heaven's dominion and they were locked out of heaven's authority when the the uh the um, what you call a garden of eden was locked the two flaming chariots uh, cherubs with flaming swords guarding each way that means you don't get back in other than that man would have lived in a state of sinfulness in eternity would have that was automatic hell if they had gone back and eaten of eternal life on top of iniquity that's automatic hell and so it, that was a mercy thing to keep them out of the garden again so that they could wait for God's release from that power and release he did the prince of this world is driven out in John 12:31 now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out amen so Jesus was leading up to his crucifixion and that was what something he was really looking forward to because the Bible says there was joy that was set before him so that's the path we all have to take if there's a joy that's set before us there is some endurance that we must endure until we get to that point you got me there's things that that will confront us things we have to pray through things we have to plow through before we can receive that joy that is set before us there are some things that eternity has for us that this world is trying to stop from happening i know many of us have been there you thought it was going to be so easy you know it's just you know uh, getting the right situation and start expecting the right things and start praying it'll come falling in like rain and it's been a dry spell we get rain on some parts of our field and some are dry still and so that's endurance you see you must endure well god at times wasting i'm not getting any younger ah he's heard that before look at abraham and sarah he's heard that before you want to keep weak faith and keep looking at your circumstances and looking at age and looking at this and looking at that you can keep it but he's looking for people with strong faith that are willing to believe him anyhow 
Well, anyway, I thought it was a good thing. I don't know. I think it's good anyway. It's, I mean, if, if it were an easy road, you wouldn't need the power of the Holy Spirit. You could just go out and get stuff, it's just like sinners do. Or wait for, you know, to save up some money or wait for a bigger paycheck or a better job. You could live like the world lives or go steal it. That's what they do too. So, you know, they get tired of waiting. They go to scheming and stealing stuff. But we're not like that. We have to use our faith to get what we need. And don't be so lazy. Quit putting it back when you use it one time. We treat it like a little trophy or something. You pull it out and use it. Oh, I'm using it for the biggie. Listen, life is a biggie. Everything's a biggie. You may think it's not when you first start thinking about it, but there's so much arrayed against us that make your head swim. That would make your head swim too. Amen. So, amen. So anyway, in John 14:30, let's see what that says. love this chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. I love it. Because he knows us. In verse 30 he says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. That's important. Because when Jesus went to the cross. He had no sin in him. He paid full price for your sin. He was not crucified for what he did. He was crucified for what we did. And so he says, He has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father and that the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Amen. And so Jesus was setting them up for the fact that he would be taken from them. The whole, all the teens of the book of John chapters deal with Jesus' preparation of his people for his departure. So it's not that they didn't know what was going to happen to him. They were informed, but they didn't believe. Many of them did not. You see, when he, the first person at the grave was Mary, of course, and uh, she she actually believed that he was going to die because she washed his feet with her tears and Jesus said that she was anointing him for his burial so she had faith that he was why do you think she was crying while she was she was mourning already because she believed all of his words that he said the disciples had a filter they didn't believe he's going to die because they thought they were in line for a good thing now we go get up and take everything back from the Romans. We're going to rule here because he's got a kingdom and we're first and second and all that kind of stuff. And they were shocked. Man. But Mary, and then she shows back up at the tomb after he's risen from the grave. She's kind of believing that, but she's actually there to finish embalming him. Because that was what they had begun doing. But when he spoke and said she had anointed him for his burial, I think she kind of didn't really believe that. Because they said she showed up with spices to finish embalming him. And so it's kind of interesting. Little pieces of faith here. Pieces of faith there. God has to see faith on the earth before he can move. So she at least had faith for his his. Um, death and his burial but we're not sure who carried the faith for the resurrection 
Amen. Because it doesn't look like many of them believed that he would be raised from the dead. And so it's, but it's good to believe God on everything. That's, that's my point. Don't let some things float out of your head because you think you won't need that or you don't need that right now. You want to hear something else. You let these things sink in. Every word of God is profitable, the Bible says. So, uh, the prince of this world has nothing in him. He tried in Luke 4. He tried to get Jesus to worship him and honor him so that he could put iniquity in him. But he refused at every turn. So if you're looking for validation that the prince of this world has nothing in him, you can look at that for evidence and proof that that's true. In Ephesians 2.2 2, 2, Satan is referred to the prince of the power of the air. And he is at work in wicked people. Or the the Bible describes him as the children of disobedience. And disobedience being a spirit, they are children of that spirit. That's why you make your kids get up in the middle of the night if they refuse to take the garbage out one last time. You let them know that that bed is not a secure place from the wrath of mom and dad. You got me? You make them get up and do their chores. You say it, you mean it. You have to enforce it. Because there's disobedience ruling all humanity when they come into this earth. So they're the children of disobedience, of this spirit of disobedience. Amen? And you have to discipline it out of your children. Or they're going to be failures at everything they attempt. Got me? Uh, You can let them wear you out and start feeling sorry for yourself that they don't obey you. But just look around. You get in good company because they do that to every parent. Every kid does that to every parent. They all test them on something. Some not so much as others. Some learn a lot quicker. Some have a little more fear of, of God and their parents in them than others do. But everybody has that spirit of disobedience over their lives at some point it's a good thing to beat it out of you when you're small because when you're big your pride is involved in it when you have not been accustomed to being obedient as an adult your pride gets involved and you don't want to be told right from wrong anymore in fact you never did but now that devil's big in you and he's controlling everything he's controlling more when they're small they can release those spirits a lot more easily than they can after they've gotten older. And that's why the Bible says train up children. You know, children, childhood is for training. Adulthood is for walking it out, walking out what you've been trained to do. That's why a lot of times parents get embarrassed. You know, your adult kids are acting up, goofing up, and all of that kind of stuff. And they get embarrassed because it reflects on your ability as a parent. You know, everybody knows that. And so they'll say, I don't know what I did wrong. And, uh, quit whining. <laughs> Let's blast the devil right now. Kaboom! You know, and just take authority over that nonsense. You know, devil, you got on my boy. I'm, you know, don't feel embarrassed and ashamed about what the devil's doing. You can't go back and correct it at this point anyway. Only thing you can do is go forward. And just put your stick of dynamite under the devil and boom, blast him out of your kid. Amen. That's what you do. You're executing written judgments. He got no authority over your children. 
they talk back and you know after they get in their 40s look at their own kids they're talking back twice as bad come on now you do something with that devil you don't have to put up with that and it's not about how they treat you it's about what they're what's going to happen to them in life where do disobedient people end up orange jumpsuit not seven numbers they don't even have a name anymore they've been given numbers you got me and so we have to do these things when you have you have knowledge of what to do you have to execute it don't let them take your kids to hell you got me do everything you can on this side of glory to stop that process and so it says that he is judged ephesians 2 2 wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world in other words everybody who saved used to be a sinner and you walked according to what people in the world did according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience so satan has his crowd that works for him and you want to get out from among that crowd and you want your seed out of there and you want your grandkids out of there and your great grands out of there so keep blasting at that devil every generation that comes you see him working bam you got no no authority over my seed that's holy seed right there you leave it alone in jesus name and make sure you believe that people who don't believe will try it once and and forget about it you know you do it continually that's why we have a prayer manual they're written down so you can go at these things consistently and see some progress you don't do it the, the devil's not gonna move the first time he might move a little bit or he might move a lot but he's gonna try and come back in there he's had a stronghold and sometimes your kid will invite them back because they like them devils because they don't know any better and so what we need to do is keep the pressure up on the enemy because he is a a um, bankrupt defeated his lease is up he doesn't own this earth anymore not since calvary amen and actually god could call time on him anytime that people obeyed him so we've had a rich history of being able to defeat the enemy and and get under god's provision and protection in revelation 18 it talks about the kingdom of babylon babylon is a fallen kingdom babylon there's a spiritual and a natural babylon there's a spiritual and a natural of every kingdom on earth babylon was an ancient kingdom that worshiped foreign gods there are a a list of foreign gods that they they you know when people got bored worshiping one god they just make up another name and give it to something let them go about making idols for that and worshiping that each time israel was captured by babylon god freed her that's what you got to know babylon has no power over the earth anymore babylon has never maintained its hold on the people of the earth so it's just a natural kingdom run by a very evil prince but god has decreed that babylon is to have no more power so in revelation uh, 18 starting verse 2 
it says after these things verse 1 I saw an angel another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lightened with his glory he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon the great is fallen is fallen and is become the habitation of devils and the hole of every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hateful bird so it appears that Babylon fell from its place in the heavenlies down to hell because it's caged it's a habitation of foul devils say for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication so this spirit this kingdom of babylon had enough authority to run the whole world when god sees the one world government starting to stir up again he makes moves to stop it you're not gonna let somebody run his territory. If, you know, if the saints don't have enough gumption to pray the right way, God will stop it Himself. When Caesar, when Rome ruled the known world, who came up? Who came during the time of the Caesar? Somebody. Say it loud. Don't be ashamed to say it. Amen. So, so. God comes himself. The Bible says Jesus came at the appointed time. He comes in time to stop one ruler from running this whole government. What happened when the Tower of Babel was being built? He stopped it. Amen. So that's his job to stop the one world government. And then he instructs the church how to play their part. So right now we are stopping a one world government. If you haven't noticed, it's not about, that's why the mainstream media keeps so much confusion going. It's not about Trump and Hillary. It's about stopping the one world government. That thing has been so exposed. World leaders. That's why there's no borders anymore in Europe. Those are signals that point to you something stupid is going on. Those people have different languages, they've had borders, they've had customs, they've had that forever. And they are using a weak and confused people to keep the confusion going. So what do they use? They use refugees. They use oppressed people. They use people from every kindred and don't think they don't have a plan to corral all of those refugees up and put them under control. We've seen that already in the Soviet Union. The reason the Muslim problem is as bad as it is now is partly because the Soviet Union broke up. They had all of those Bajan nations and Istan nations. A lot of those were under Soviet dominion and they used their military to keep those people under control. Because they were fighting and killing each other. Whole scale Soviets took over and said no more civil war among you. You're going to obey Moscow when that broke up then we see ISIS and Islam and all of these are terrorism starting because they no more have dominion and control over those rival tribes of people and so when you see a lot of the borders breaking down that means one power is trying to control everything again and so God steps in and decides a no and I have a plan to stop it. Amen. So God has a universal plan to stop all of this. 
some of the key nations where people have been oppressed like North Korea. People just don't believe even now that they're, oh yeah, we've been through this before. I know we haven't. Because God has not stepped in like he's stepping in now to stop things. So we haven't had this before. And so people are going to see some things that they have never seen before. And it's a sovereign act of God that's putting this world in upright order. God hates oppression. He hates slavery. He hates disrespect of authority. He hates all of these things and he is setting things in order. So like he told us in the prophecy, just wait till the dust settles. Quit posting crazy stuff on Facebook and trying to stir up anger at people for no reason because you don't have an answer. If you're an angry person, you have not heard from God. You don't know the answer, and you will not hear the answer. But if you're a person who is a peaceful person, you quit put away the pointing of the finger. You know, if you're a faster person who don't want to give engage in that and keep their hearts and their minds pure, then you'll be okay. This is not a racial problem, even though race keeps getting thrown into it to confuse it. This is a humanitarian problem. This is a problem of the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. And guess whose kingdom wins out every single time? So I'm expecting God to keep moving. I'm expecting God to use whoever he wants to use. I don't have nothing critical to say about nobody. You understand me? Except the stupid people. You get tired of stupid people. But, you know, they'll go and find their their reward or their punishment. <laughs> Well, you know, it's people who think they can still run the world. It's the one world government people. See, that's stupid. Because whether they believe it or not, God has already decreed what's going to happen to them. I don't care how much billions you have and how much uh, organization you have to give those billions to people to keep confusion going. You're not going to win. So to me, that's stupid. I don't know what else you can call it. Well, you want to call it something pretty, like ignorant, or <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's crazy. It really is. You can't fight God. And so these people don't know God. God will give them mercy and give them a chance to find him. But if they're not seeking him, they're not going to find him, folks. So, amen. You seal your own fate. And especially when you start persecuting Christians the way this world has. Are you kidding me? You're not going to get away with that. Just sit up and watch that happen and think God's not going to do something. You're going to do something big time. It's going to shake up a lot of things. We see what he does with his people, his obedient people. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to snatch a lot of the the uh, prey out of the jaws of the lion before before this time is over amen so babylon has fallen we see that in in 18 verse 2 and so it says that she has com- committed fornication with the kings of this earth committed and merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies in other words there are lots of wealthy people in the earth now who got it illegally uh, that doesn't mean that you can't be taken care of but god has to take care of those people amen and he says Verse 9, the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. 
Now I see this over and over again in people who are just upset because the person they wanted did not win. When you see that lamenting and wailing and crying, those people don't know why they're so upset. But they really bought into a lie. You understand me? They were deceived. Whenever you see deception deceiving so many people, you're going to see this outcry and frustration, the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. We thought we were going to do this. We thought we had it in the back. Well, you were lied to. You understand what I'm saying? And it was a big lie because it was perpetrated everywhere. Nobody thought Trump would be president. They thought Hillary had it in the bag. That's why those people, this isn't them. When they find out that their prince, their king, their kingdom is not going to rule and reign, these the kind of people, liberal people, I don't care what what you know, political party they are, but liberal people have a vision of your children and grandchildren being taught homosexuality in the schools. In fact, they've got some programs in schools now. The fact that they have been dethroned means that parents who want that can stand up and be heard. You got me? Whereas before, they would be taken to court for not obeying the law of the land. So if you don't think America was in danger of enslaving more people i got news for you you look at some of the things that are going on now politically i mean look at it ask god to show you let me put it to you that way you don't have to take my word for anything but you ask god to show you what the truth is and he shows Praise God. You see, the devil will do anything to stop truth from coming forth. You got me? I'm not afraid of the government shutting us down. (laughs) We will preach truth. Amen. And you need to understand what's going on and let go of your quit nursing the Democrat Party and quit nursing these little things you've been holding on to. You don't know why (coughs) from forever. Quit nursing the Republican Party because you don't know where the power of God's going to fall next. So you got to get this party understanding out of you and get into kingdom dynamics and kingdom understanding of where this country is going and where the rest of the whole earth is going. Me, myself, I don't have a lot of vision about what's coming ahead, but I know by the Spirit when it's right and when it's not right. And I'm telling you, if you think it's okay for your children to be groomed in transgender politics and in homosexual politics as young children, you got another thing coming. That's not what God has for them. That is not what He has for them. Nobody hates anybody, but we hate that devil that they they cling to because, and then they are looking for what the homosexual really wants is for the Christian to say it's okay so they're not convicted by the Holy Ghost. So you wind up hating, hating what God loves and loving what God hates because you want to have sympathy with somebody because you've heard some nonsense about them. Those people can come out of that. Anybody can come out of any sin. They're not locked in. 
They just want to have their cake and eat it too. And we don't get it. They don't get it either. So let's cut out the sympathetic nonsense and start believing that word that you're praying every day to help you with your bills is the same word that wants the homosexual to get free from deception. So let's just cut out this nonsense. Get a clear head and start doing the right thing before God. So it says here in verse 9, the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her, lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city for in one hour, one hour, you better make sure you're on the right side of things because in one hour total judgment falls. And the merchant of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys her merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls, linen, purple, silk, scarlet, <coughs> tying wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, all manners, manners of brass, iron, and marble, cinnamon odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, and wheat, beasts, all that stuff, and the slaves of men, souls of men. And the fruits of thy soul lusted after are departed from you. So anyway, the the sinners are going to be bankrupt. You got me? Going to be bankrupt. Um, one of the prophets that prophesied about President Trump being elected also said that the OPEC supplies have run out now. Anybody else heard that? They got no more oil in all of those Arab nations because they've supported terrorism. They've murdered God's people. You understand me? They can't get away with that. So he's prophesied that United States and Israel will be the major suppliers of oil. God's returning wealth to the nations. Not little saints sitting on a pew somewhere wishing they had their neighbor's goods. He's returning wealth to nations that obey him. Amen. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from you. And all things that were dainty and and goodly and all that departed from you and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for fear of her torment weeping and wailing and saying alas alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls for in one hour one hour one hour one hour one hour so great witches riches came to naught and every shipmaster all companies and ships sailors and many as trade by the sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning saying what city is likened to this great city And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city wherein were made rich, all that has ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for one hour, one hour, one hour, one hour, she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, you saints. In other words, we not crying over this. We don't cry over things that happen to the the goods of the earth. And you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you of her. 
And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpers, musicians, pipers. See, there's rejoicing in heaven. The Bible says when the uh, righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. You need to be glad when people, wicked people come down out of their exalted places. All these uh, Hollywood liberal people uh, with their uh, profanity. See, extreme profanity is the sound of the frustration of hell. These people don't know how close to hell they are. When you can't find normal words to express yourself, you have given yourself over to a vile spirit. In fact, God will give them over to a reprobate mind that cannot be fixed. So we're seeing some of the things. You read some things in the Bible and you, what's a reprobate mind? You're seeing it now. You got me? You're seeing it now. Because we are used to looking at things and if we don't see evidence, we think they're not possible. You keep reading and see if God won't show you. You know, so-and-so's got a reprobate mind. These people who want us to flood this this place with illegal uh, immigrants have reprobate minds. Because when you start calling what's good, evil, and evil good, you got a problem. you got a real problem. you got a real problem. One of the things that, that I see posted kind of frequently if you look on some of the say if you go on attorneygeneral.gov or something like that they'll show you all the arrest warrants that are being served there's over at this point probably over 10,000 since Jeff Sessions took over for human trafficking many of those children that come over here and their parents dump them the so-called dreamers they're they're recruited into human trafficking right out of those little orphanages that they've been in for more than 30 years now that's why it's such a problem you wonder where do they get these children from Mm, where do we have a bunch of children with no parents See, you can refuse to believe that as long as you want to. But I'm telling you, 10,000 indictments don't come out of nowhere. Many of the people who are trying to orchestrate this one world government are human sex traffickers. This stuff they're doing with the Hollywood people is really a smokescreen to hide the real power behind this. These are small players in the human pedophilia ring. So it, it'll all come out. Now you can believe it now or wait until it happens and still stay in unbelief. But these things are true. Where do you think the devil gets the power to do the things that he does? He gets it through innocently shed blood. And he gets it through abortion, child trafficking, all of that stuff. There are some people that are skilled in understanding some of the spiritual dynamics, but they're dark dynamics on the side of of witchcraft and people use child sexuality they believe that if innocent children are used sexually it increases their power in a certain element that's that's considered to be sacred in their satanic rituals you got me 
And the more suffering they can put on those children, the more they like it. Now, this MS-13 gang is involved in that. They may not be involved on the high-level ritual level, but they are involved in that because of their mantra. You got me? Torture, murder, and rape. And so if that doesn't speak to demonic power, I don't know what does. That's why our government is so adamant to get rid of them because they know there's a, a leg of that that is is um, fostering a lot of the trouble that we see. That's why President Trump keeps Christian ministers around him. He's got to have some spiritual understanding of what he's up against because he knows how powerful it is. You got me? It's got all your news people on television totally demonized. Those people, they report the same thing the same way. They are robotized to this message. And they use certain trigger words to get the rest of their crowd hyped up. And they call them into action that way. So you got to pay attention, folks. You can't be on one side or the other. you got to be on God's side. You know, whoever is on God's side, I'm with that person. You got me? And I'm not going to put up with a lot of nonsense about this because these things are true. Amen? I've, I've worked 30 years, more than 30 years of my life to get to this point, And I'm not going to blow it because you like Hillary. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about that. So let's get up off our nonsense. Don't be so stubborn against God. He's put you in a place where you can learn and you can be free and you can choose his way. So my recommendation, you choose what God has put before you and forget this other. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can go Google everything on your own, study it on your own, and get in your Bible yourself. So you don't take my word for anything. But I'm telling you what I know. 35 years of doing this ministry, this I know. Amen. This I do know. Amen. Amen. So God has raised up the church to carry out written judgments. That's in Psalm 149.9. Some familiar scripture to us. I see deceived people all the time going, drinking the Kool-Aid and going for the hype and the okey-doke, you know. And they're ministers, they're Christians, they're sending people evil, uh, evil, uh, emails and stuff like that and all this kind of stuff. Always accusing. Why do you have to accuse people in your notes? Can you just not speak truth? But they've lost, they've left the gospel, many of them. And they've gone into the court of accusations, right where the devil likes to see Christians. So it says here, verse 6, 149, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. This is the saints and a two edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains. That's what we do. We bind the principalities and powers with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment already written. You're not making anything up and you don't dislike anybody and you're not trying to get even with anybody, but you are executing a written judgment. This honor have all the saints praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And so we have the 
authority. We have the ability. God has raised up the church to carry out judgment or punishment against the works of darkness. The princes and the principalities, the imps, the demons, all everybody on the dark side. So when you pray, preach, and declare the word of God, you execute judgment. So all you got to do is tell the devil you stop. That's judgment. He can't do it anymore. This is why you can pray with faith being assured that the that goodness will follow. You expect God to, to honor that prayer and to clear up that problem. Disease must leave because his lease on mankind is up. It was pronounced at Calvary. We were given a new name and that is the name of Jesus to use to make his termination official. And this is how you can you can claim the disclaimer of this is not my war. I'm just doing what God told me to do. I didn't make this up. I don't dislike Hillary. I don't dislike nobody. I don't dis- I don't like dislike nobody. And actually I don't. I feel bad for the woman. I pray for her. Because she's a mother and a grandmother and she thinks the way up and the way out is to kill unborn babies. How would she like to see one of her grandkids? Get halfway out of her daughter's birth canal and somebody stick a snippet's uh, um, spinal cord. See, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. You don't want to see that happen to you. Why should you want to see it happen to somebody else? And forget the stories about, oh, the poor girls, you don't understand. They're in a, they're in a hard situation. Men don't get that hard. That you got to kill somebody. Well, you know, um, uh, a pregnancy would be embarrassing. There's surrogate mothers around. People hire people to have babies for them, to carry them. So what's embarrassing about, I mean, you know, give me another excuse. Because that one ain't working. And these young girls aren't uh, aren't embarrassed to be pregnant without being married. Give me a break. Jeez, the government's made that almost legal. little badge of honor. There were 14 girls in, in high school that pledged to get pregnant before they graduated or that year or something like that. And all of them, you know, it's like a game to them. Why? Because they can get a check from the government. Look how easy it is. Huh? So at Calvary, we were given a new name. Jesus was pronounced Lord and King of all, of all things. It was made to make his termination, uh, his the devil's termination official. We have evidence by the shed blood. That's our evidence that the devil is no more, that he's evicted, his lease is up. God has given us mighty weapons to demolish the strongholds that keep us bound and keep others bound. That's why your sword has two edges on it. One for you and one for the enemy. Got me? It frees you up. When you start to pronounce the word of God and believe it, it helps you to be a normal thinking person. You begin to think like God. We can break the power of deception over a nation, a people, a family, or a person. Judgments are already written. So God has already decided the things that are to be judged against. 
He's not looking. You know, you see these people on on social media, doom and gloom. America's being judged. I don't think so. As long as I'm here to pray, we ain't being judged nothing. We're being judged faithful. You got me? You don't need to be. When are the righteous afraid to go down with the wicked? I ain't going down with no wicked people. You hear me? You see me doing something wrong, you come and slap me about ten times and help me to get back into my normal mind. You understand what I'm not doing all this for God for all these years to go stupid at the end. Get real. So the judgments are already written. It's like the Ten Commandments. That's part of the written judgments. Amen. We have executive power through unction. People say, well, how do I know I can bind this? You got an unction to do it? I don't know. Well, why don't you start saying some words by faith and maybe unction will come. Huh? Anything. Just move off of where you are feeling powerless because you're not. That is a lie. So the judgments are already written. We have executive power through unction. In other words, nobody needs to give you permission to do this. Nobody needs to take you through a course for how to bind the devil. Nobody needs to take you to boot camp. Just go to kick your butt camp or kick their butt camp. Amen. Just start kicking the devil. That's your boot camp. And see what demon falls out of a tree. Where there is an unction, there is God's permission. Where there is unction, there is God's permission to evict the devil permanently. That's all the permission you need. And don't go around bragging about it or somebody will come and tell you you did the wrong thing. So keep it to yourself. There will come a time for your testimony. Just make sure you're saying it right at the right time. Amen. So we have a right to our cities and our neighborhoods. They've been given to us by God as servants of good. We have a right to our government and our schools to do good. And when we take authority, we need to expect change and move in faith, nothing wavering. Don't ever doubt God wants. If you think God wants sin to go on indefinitely, you got the wrong God you're thinking about. Now, you might be going easy on it for whatever reason, but he doesn't feel that way about it. He's looking for something, somebody to stand up and execute judgment. He, there was a, I forget the gentleman's name, but back in the Old Testament, God honored him because he got up and he whacked and killed all the prostitutes that were intermingling with God's people. He murdered them with the sword. Well, not murder, execute, because it was God's order. But you think God goes easy on sin. I got another thought for you. He doesn't. He forgives, but forgiveness is not being fault of being soft on it. It's a difference. You can forgive and be adamant in your hatred for sin, but you can forgive the vessel for stepping into it. Amen. Because you do the same thing. And you don't go easy on yourself and keep sinning. You make preparations to stop. <laughs> you know, your confession will stop you. God help me. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't like this kind of nonsense. I want to be clean and pure and holy before you. 
So Jesus was able to openly spoil principalities and powers. That's in Colossians 2.15. That's our last scripture. In verse 10, it says, you are complete in him. So you're complete in Christ. In other words, when you walk in obedience to God, in the spirit, in the knowledge of the word, there's a completeness. There's nothing missing. Now, you get crazy and start thinking fleshly thoughts and and wicked thoughts and selfish thoughts, and you're not in Christ anymore. You're in a different mind. You got me? So keep yourself in the mind of Christ and and you're complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So that means that you have everything that you need to be the head of all principality and power as well. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands and putting off the body of sins of the flesh and by the circumcision of Christ. And then you're buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who raised him from the dead. So if you're a believer in Christ, you're raised in resurrection power with him. That word baptism there means either baptism in the Holy Ghost or identification. Because we know that water baptism does not confer power on a person. It confers dedication on you. It's an outward sign of your inward obedience, but there is no power there. I mean, unless you you can ask God for that as a as an operation of your baptism. But it's your confession that brings about salvation. You got me? Just don't mix it up. We've got when you have some old and new covenant or some uh gateway to new covenant teachings, you take the new covenant, okay? It it supersedes that. So and I'm not against water baptism, but it is, it, it's something, this is what I've seen happen, say, for people who have been saved and not water baptized. When they backslide and fall away from God, then they get baptized as a way of washing their sin away. And I think that's a little, I mean, get it if that'll make you feel more comfortable, but that's not what does it. You have to have a repentant heart if you're going to come back to God, water or no water. It's a heart thing. And so, yeah, I see that sometimes with people and they feel better. And then some of them do go on with God. But I've noticed, too, they don't go very far because they're looking at that. Oh, that's what was wrong with me. I never got water baptized. And that's really not true. You never receive a word. You got me? And so, you know, it's just a way to put things off that need to be dealt with. It says, and you being dead in your sins. Let me see. Oh, yeah, buried with him in baptism where you often raised up with him through faith it's faith that gets you in resurrection power faith of the operation of god who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him having forgiven all your trespasses so you're together you're alive together with christ you're not a christian born again by yourself on your own power christ actually is in you and moves with you in everything you do every decision you make Everything you ask for, he approves of it aforetime, all of that stuff. And he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. Taste not, touch not, handle not. 
you can taste touch and handle everything it just can't you can't let it get a grip on you hello just bless it and keep stepping so there were a lot of ordinances contrary to the believer under the old covenant it had its job that was done and it's been a done away with he said they're blotted out and took out of the way nailing it to the cross so the contrary ordinances the punishment the curses were nailed to the cross as well that's why i don't appreciate people teaching on generational curses to saints of god you need to teach on generational holiness if your mother was saved that's a good inheritance for you claim it amen and get in covenant with god and forget about the curse has been nailed to the tree but we try to pull it down give it power in this life it's crazy blotting out the handwriting of we did that and verse 15 having spoiled now this is the nailer he nailed all the ordinances contrary to us to the cross when he was nailed to the cross now he's raised up and when he got up he did what he spoiled principalities and powers making an open show of them and triumphing over them in it so when jesus took everything back that the devil had stolen he had witnesses to that effect who you think the witnesses were if he went down to the gates of hell and opened the gates so that the saints who had been held there until the coming of the messiah to get free that's why we have a great cloud of witnesses up in heaven witnessing because they used to be down in hades or paradise it was like a little partition between them and hell but they could see what was going on in hell very well but they had escaped it until the lord came and set them free some theological theologians think he preached the gospel to them and they heard it and they got free but i believe god goes better than that if he if he put them in paradise i think that was a holding place until the time of the gentiles was complete amen and partial completion came with the advent of christ so wherever saved people reside those people go there too so there's part of the witnesses the saints that were in paradise witnessed him making an open show of the devil stripping him of all of his power taking the keys of death and hell taking the power to mend souls again from them through the preaching of the gospel and then he dragged them openly through the show like the romans used to do when they were captured kings they would take everything off of them strip them naked and drag them through the streets of rome showing people that they were powerless and had nothing anymore got me so he did that with satan now who are the rest of the witnesses it's the rest of the demons in hell so when they lie to you and tell you what they're going to do to you they know they have no power to do it because their their leader was stripped of all power made an open show so there's two sets of witnesses to that that's why our witnesses our great cloud of witnesses in heaven if you read in hebrews it says that there is a great cloud of witnesses what did they witness they witnessed the demise of satan and they cheer us on when we exercise our authority to to exercise the written judgments 
They're waiting for us to get up and do something about the hell that goes on in earth. And so if, if they can cheer us on because they know it's done, we can step in it and make it an earth reality. You can make anything an earth reality that God wants for people. You want to see an end to, you know, these people always screaming, all those children separated from their parents. Listen, more than 80% of them show up without parents. Parents don't care where they go. They pass through Mexico. If they really wanted asylum from an evil government, they missed it because they left Mexico to come here. Why they come in here? It's not for asylum. It's for something else. Some of the free welfare. Huh? You go to any other country, you don't get welfare. And if you, they can't, if they don't find you working in a certain period of time, they ship you right back where you came from. Most most governments don't put up with what we, quote unquote, put up with. And many people believe, and rightfully so, because it's happened historically. These are the new voters for the people who give them their welfare. Every you understand what I'm saying? That's why certain parties always speak up for them. And try to down people. You mean you're heartless and all that? Well, how, what could be more heartless than letting your own kid travel by himself across two countries, across a continent, across an ocean? And they're just waiting for somebody to identify them and say, "Oh yeah, your parents are over so and so. Well, let's call them so they can come over too." It's not a risk for them. There are people in this country who aid and abet that stuff. There are certain quote-unquote humanitarian groups who coach them and tell them. Huh? How do, how do they get children from Guatemala who are Spanish-speaking naturally to cry and say mommy and daddy in front of a camera? Where'd they learn English? Poppy, mommy, that's what's natural if you're really distressed, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, I mean... It's just just thinking out loud, you know what I'm saying? Just thinking a little bit ahead of things. So don't be deceived, folks. Don't don't join the ranks of the deceived. You can be free. You don't have to buy into to nothing. Just watch and see what God does, and and He's going to use us. Keep a clear head and a pure heart. God will use you to help him to do what he wants to do in the earth. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for your opportunity to hear your word, to get understanding, to understand how to execute written judgments. These are not our words. These are not our plans. These are not our judgments, but they are good because they come from God. They come from heaven. So we thank you, Lord, for giving us understanding. It's better than wisdom. In all our getting, we're to get understanding. So we thank you for it, Lord. Let your glory remain upon us in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is saying this. He says, if you will keep me close to you, just keep me close to you. With thanksgiving in your heart, thanksgiving in your lips, surround your atmosphere with an attitude of thankfulness to me and don't let it shift. Just keep thanksgiving in your atmosphere, says the Lord. 
And what I mean by this is that there are things that will come into your life and interrupt it. Don't let them dominate, says the Lord. Thanksgiving will always keep you close to me. And praise will keep you even closer to me. And I will come in and I will keep your soul, your heart, and your mind free from all deception and all wrong planting of thoughts. And that is the way to walk in the spirit and walk with me and commune with me on a continual basis. Thanksgiving always brings a response from me. It always brings a response from heaven. It always brings increase. It always brings more. So keep a thanksgiving on your lips. Keep thanksgiving surrounding you and keep a thankful heart to me for all things. And surely I will stay with you and I will protect you and keep you from the wiles of the enemy, from the deceit of the unrighteous, and from the snares of the devil, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.